So welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update. I'm your host, Jim Mackey, with the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. Today, we're encouraging our middle school parents, coaches, and students to be prepared for both softball season by discussing some important safety information. Joining the conversation today are two of our Duval County sports medicine experts, both who are licensed athletic trainers, Ashley Alvarez of Terry Parker High School and Brock Bugai of Atlantic Coast High School. So welcome to our discussion today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. So tell us a little bit about your role and responsibility as an athletic trainer at the high school level and what steps the middle schools can take to form a relationship and make sure their school sports programs are safe as well. Uh, Our primary role, I guess, as an athletic trainer at the high school is um, obviously being there for uh, sports safety and all the sports uh, we cover at the school, whether that's dealing with injuries, um, communicating with coaches, um, you know, making sure uh, the kids are, are safe on the field as well as um, coming in the training room. Um, you know, we, we do treatments, um, evaluate athletes, uh, you know, simple things to set up water, um, any type of prevention as far as that goes, uh, communicating with coaches, better ways to um, keep the athletes safe um, and uh, look out for them. Uh, any type of emergency as well that goes on around the school. Yeah, as um, a middle from middle school perspective, middle school administrators, middle middle school athletic directors definitely use your outside resources because there are so many to use in Duval County. Like JSMP, they put out a lot of educational information for um, middle schools to kind of disperse in their own communities. Um, But I mean, I have two middle schools close by at Terry Parker. And if they have any questions, I'd be more than happy to speak with them or speak with their other coaches just for the basics of first aid and CPR. All right, great. Let's talk about a little bit of uh, softball. What are some common injuries you see uh, in the softball player? Um, Definitely, I will say a lot of... um, skin abrasions, bruises, a lot of surface kind of level stuff, diving back to bases, sliding into bases, um, grass burns out in the outfield, diving for balls. Um, Definitely a lot of that. Catchers get banged up behind the plate, um, balls flying off girls left and right. um, That creates bruises. But a lot of that and keeping that clean. Luckily, um, girls softball players now wear the baseball pants. So that seems to help them keep everything covered and in place and and clean. Um, But that's what I see most often at Terry Parker. Okay, we'll get into abrasions and infection a little bit later in more detail. But what about uh, overuse type injuries, Brock? What are you seeing? Uh, yeah, so there's there's definitely a lot in softball, especially with, uh, you know, the repetitive throwing, uh, a lot of shoulder, elbow, uh, forearm, wrist, uh, tendonitis problems, which is pretty much the inflammation of the tendon um, in that general certain area, uh, especially uh, shoulders um, with any type of pitchers um, or, you know, someone who's throwing the ball a lot, especially the infield. I mean, and catchers, catchers and pitchers are probably the main overuse thing I see. And I, I mean, that also can, it, it translates as well to middle school, but in, especially when it comes to mechanics, you know, those kids are still just learning. Um, so. So your suggestions to avoid those overuse injuries are things like um, 
uh, use a pitch count if necessary or realize this is early in their career. So maybe limit the number of pitches. Limber, uh, sometimes we see softball players playing multiple days in a row, but uh, just uh, varying their position where they're at. Um, what about, Ashley, you mentioned uh, sliding into things. So are you seeing um, ankle sprains? And, uh, you know, it, it, I guess adolescents are awkward. So they, uh, they, they get injured a lot of times, but, uh, what do you see in ankle sprains and base running and surfaces and things like that? Um, definitely ankle sprains can happen when they're sliding into bases, but that comes from, um, fundamentals, making sure the coaches are teaching these girls fundamentals when they're starting their seasons, um, proper sliding, proper diving back to bases and the coaches also need to make sure they're walking the playing field before a game checking the outfield for potholes that a girl could step in and trip and sprain her ankle after that even the infield I've seen large rocks on the infield where they can get caught up in and trip and fall or you know fall and have more skin abrasions, but, um, definitely we need to be focused on the fundamentals, teaching these girls the right way to prevent all these injuries from happening and making sure the playing field doesn't cause any more risk of injury. Excellent. So, uh, a lot of times kids just want to throw the ball out and start up, but what's, what are some good suggestions about proper warm up uh, prior to softball? So I'm, I'm a strong believer in any type of like dynamic warm up. Uh, before uh, practice, not just um, going out there and laying on the ground and trying to stretch your hamstrings when you're cold. Um, so as far as doing any type, you know, lunges, butt kicks, uh, you know, side lunges, um, even doing skips for kids. I mean, arms, even just arm circles, simple things is just doing arm circles and, and, and you know, jogging in place. You know, they're middle school kids, so it's going to hard. You're not going to be getting them on like bands and be like, oh, we got to do this. Uh, just just simple things to get them warmed up uh, before they go and throw, I think, are are very important, especially when preventing any type of muscle strains or or uh, further injuries. Um, as far as I, and they're still young, but, you know, uh, you always you always want to do take the right um, initiative beforehand. OK, so we're talking both static and dynamic stretching using bands at times, um, just if they're age appropriate, uh, some type of strengthening program may be incorporated uh, for them to uh, uh, work on their shoulder muscles, their posterior shoulder muscles, uh, upper back, as well as trunk and uh, lower body exercises. So what we see a lot today is multiple sports, um, club sports. So people may be playing for two teams at the same time. Uh, what strain is that on you as far as, uh, or a coach, parent, as far as communication and overuse and, uh, how can you, how can you balance that out and still be safe? I would say coming from both a former softball player and an athletic trainer back when I was playing the sports never overlapped, which I mean, tremendously helped me, but I played year round. So now it's more overlapping the school season and playing during the week for the school, playing on the weekends and tournaments for showcase travel ball teams or whatever. Um, but it's communicating with the coaches to make sure that as parents, they know that your child is also 
continuing to play another with another team. So possibly limiting the number of reps that they're taking on during the week with their school team um, or vice versa. Um, we can, I mean, it's, it's definitely important if you're in season for the school um, softball team to kind of take precedence, but um, it's really important with communication and not letting these girls get burned out and thus creating more strain on your body, your mental state, all of the above by playing all the time can definitely affect that. Right. I've got a, I've got, I've got a ninth grade grandson and he's gone from his basketball season. Now he's moving into a travel season and they do need a, a period of rest and recovery uh, during that time. And, or at least incorporate it somehow uh, as they go from one team to another. Brock, you were going to comment? Yeah, I also think it puts a lot of, especially like a middle school coach, it's, it puts more stress on you because you don't know what injuries they suffered um, with their club team or whatever it is. And then you're kind of thrown into, um, you know, just getting that thrown at you. You know, it could be, at a, if they're overlapping, it could be right before the game, like, oh, I can't play, you know, Sally's the first baseman can't play because I just injured myself two days ago at club, you know? So I think those are a lot of things when it comes to playing multiple sports, it's kind of damages recovery time. Certainly good and good communication between parents, coaches, and athletes because uh, they, they don't like to sit out, but uh, sometimes that may be the best thing for them and you can give them some active rest if, if necessary. So let's go back to what Ashley was talking about with uh, abrasions and infection and best way to prevent that. So it is good they're wearing longer pants these days, but uh, you see a lot of bloody knees and our uh, bloody hips uh, at times. But uh, so what what's some of the best ways to clean and dress these in your opinion? Yeah, the softball pants definitely help. But then when the softball pants get torn by sliding, that defeats the purpose. Um, but definitely clean everything. Make sure that there's no sand or debris or dirt or grass left in that um, abrasion and make sure we're covering it before play. But then after play, after practice, after games that we're going home showering, making sure that it stays clean um, and we recover it back before practice time to make sure nothing or game time um, to make sure nothing gets in it that round. But it's just continuously staying on that process because if we don't one day, the wound abrasion might open back up by sliding again or diving without even thinking about um, what you're doing. And then we have to kind of start back from square one. It comes down to just cleaning and making sure the area is debrided and clean. Um, and then whether that's soap and water or even the first time uh, you could use hydrogen peroxide, I would not continue to keep using that. Uh, if you have uh, that in your, medical bag, first aid bag. Uh, but I would not continue to use that to clean the wound. Just tell the athlete to shower. Um, and, you know, triple antibiotic is also a good, good use with any good. kind of abrasion. Yeah. Many of us were raised up on hydrogen peroxide because they like to see the bubbles, but uh, really, uh, and so, well, it's got to clean, clear, kill the bacteria. Well, it, one thing hydrogen peroxide does is damage good tissue. So, yeah. um, you want to, if you use it once, that's one thing. Uh, topical antibiotics are good, but apply them to the dressing. Don't put them on the, don't put it, 
don't let it touch the wound because then you've 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 contaminated the uh, tube of ointment that you're using unless you're using a disposable pack or something like that. Um, and the other thing I'd, I'd say, uh, as we learned in Dr. Beam's uh, wound care class, was uh, you know you don't really want wounds to scab up because what happens when they scab up and you you know rip them open again? You've ripped up all that good good tissue and you're kind of starting all over again. So uh, even as a coach, athletic trainer, if you know kids or have abrasions, tell them we need to treat this all the way through till it's totally healed. Otherwise it's going to open up and provide uh, be worse and maybe provide an avenue for infection. So, and then you miss time. So we don't want that. All right. So uh, let's finish up here with some tips for prevention. We mentioned proper warm up. Uh, you've mentioned proper mechanics in that. Uh, would you like to say anything about rest, recovery, and proper nutrition, what that translates or should translate to to, uh, to a middle school athlete? Do's and don'ts. Um, definitely do take time to recover. I know that there's three possibility of three games in a week, two games in a week. Um, and then the weekend, make sure you find time to recover, rest your body, do what it needs to do. Ice, ice your sore parts or anything like that. Um, but take the time to consciously make that effort outside of sports to make sure you're keeping up with your body and we can prevent injury from that way. Okay. I, th I think one thing we might've touched on, but I think it, um, a lot of things with especially coaching is just teaching proper mechanics and form um, is going to prevent a lot of injuries. I mean, I think like even just we were talking about ankle injuries before. I mean, a lot of those are can be prevented just by teaching a kid how to properly slide and not being lazy uh, about doing it. Um, and even with young kids, I mean, if, if they do it repetitively, they're going to they're going to learn no matter what. So. I think that's that's a big thing when it comes to especially um, coaching in general, just teaching those proper mechanics. Um, okay, and and we know that fatigue le leads to poor mechanics, and uh, we know that hydration helps enhance performance. So as long as they continue to stay hydrated throughout it, but before, during, and after a game, uh, they're going to help uh, reduce chance of injury, reduce heat injuries that will be coming up as we get into the uh, spring and summer with that. And just proper nutrition, having a snack. Uh, games can be long. They're usually, what, seven innings, but still it can be a long day from when you get there and that. So have those uh, little um, protein snacks available, not sugary snacks, but just uh, snacks and salty snacks sometimes that they can uh, can munch on uh, throughout the day. But uh, player uh, safety is is paramount. Uh, make sure your field is is safe, as Ashley mentioned. Um, but for, for a health for a parent or a coach um, and sports injuries, at what point should they reach out to a healthcare provider if they think their student athlete may be injured? When's, when's an appropriate time? Um, so it, it depends on the injury, obviously, but if the, if obviously your kid can't walk, you're, you're complaining of your pain and they can't play softball. Um, you know, if they can't play soft, they, they probably either, you know, is it a bruise is it something um, more um, that they really don't know? They probably should contact a healthcare professional, um, especially if their their child is limping, can't walk, or they they can't barely move their arm. Um, definitely contact a healthcare professional. Um, 
whether that's, you know, an orthopedic or just going to urgent care to maybe get a referral or the primary care doctor. Um, I'm okay. Ashley, you want to add anything on that? Um, <laughs> I mean, if they're been complaining about something that's been probably a couple weeks that they're, well, this still aches or this still is bothering me. This is kind of, um, keeps happening when I'm playing, definitely seek some guidance from a healthcare professional. Further imaging may need it be needed, especially with how much kids are playing nowadays with their sports, especially softball. Um, imaging could definitely be needed. So seeking that advice and that care from a healthcare provider is very important. And that's important that they report things early because so they don't turn into uh, long-term or chronic conditions and that they, uh, a parent or coach can be a, be their advocate by saying, you know, I've noticed um, a change in technique or I've noticed more fatigue or I've noticed uh, loss of velocity, things like that. So there are things that they can watch out for and collaborate and talk with each other and um, uh, don't be in denial about things because it never hurts just to, to, to bring it up and talk about it. So collaboration between the parent, the coach, the athlete is very important. And sometimes we have to, uh, one, listen to our body and then listen to, to each other with what's uh, trying to be communicated. So thank you, Ashley and Brock, for your insights and helping to keep our athletes safe on the field and uh, back in the game. So thank you for joining us today on the Youth Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, or JSMP. We're dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please subscribe to our podcast and check our website at jaxsmp.com for more information. And we'll place a lot of slides on our show notes uh, that will further this information for you. So thank you today, and please stay safe.